Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Well, I'm a mum to a five-year-old. Another five-year-old. I can't five-year-old. believe it. Another five-year-old. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I do Again. feel like five is quite a, 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 a sort of a monumental birthday in a way. Because at five, everyone's at school, right? Like every child yeah. who, who turns five will be in reception. And it is yeah. kind of, I think, I feel like two to four is like, toddler isn't it like young age toddlery they still they're a bit they're quite young whereas five is in my head yeah, five, five to eight yeah it's a yeah. big number How he's is in he? a new box he's in a new box he's, he in, he's, he's in, in, in a new box i'm in the 40 to 50s box which i fucking hate by the way <laughs> what are you in the 35 to 40 box no, no i'm not. not no i'm still in the 30 to 35 box i'm not even 34 oh, yet oh my god how can i be in the 40 to 50 box <laughs> when you are still in the 30 to 35 box this is <sighs> this, is, oh, I don't this know. is not are you going to trade me in for a younger model <laughs> more like maybe maybe <laughs> no i'm joking no 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 TBC. i was thinking the other day like you know when you're closer to 50 than 20 you're like Oh my god, this is quite scary. Georgia, when- you're going to make people switch off the podcast, all right? Just- <laughs> well, that's that's just how I was feeling the other day. I was suddenly like, "Oh my god," because I think James said to me something like, or someone was with me, and they were like, "How old are you?" And I was like, "Oh, 35." And James was like, "No, you're not. You're 33." And I was like, "Am I?" And I suddenly, but it's because oh. in my mind, I'd just been thinking about this weird, like, 15 years to 20 and 15 years to 50 in my head. Like, oh, right. I anyway, I did it the other day. I, because, you know, totally, I did it because I'm obviously 40 now. And I was thinking, if I live to 80, this is it, guys. I'm at You're the halfway, halfway mark. If oh I live God. to 80, maybe it's you all will. downhill from here, but I plan on going out in absolute fucking carnage and style. So it'll be fun. <laughs> the last 40, the next 40 years are going to be great. Anyway, Kit's five and we had such a lovely morning with him. Um, we got back, we had an, another mate's dinner last night and we got back quite late and we were quite pissed. Now, you know, when you've got a new babysitter and they've only worked yeah. for you for a few days, that <gasps> oh you have God, to have yeah. the conversation about who's going to look the babysitter in the eye when you've had like 50 margaritas well it was my job so Dozza came in the door walked straight through and walked into the kitchen and was like hi and then wasn't trying to be rude and then it was me that was like like she must have thought I'd been living in a tequila you know (laughs) house for the last 24 hours I was like 
flames. Do you know what? That is uh, that is actually one of the most awkward situations ever, yes. really, isn't it? Walking yes. in after you've had like a fair few drinks to a babysitter, especially one you don't know very well. Although I don't know, sometimes yes. when Natalie, our nanny babysits, I find that even more awkward because... I see her like most days sober, completely sober. I'm drinking tea and coffee. I see her all the time. She's part of our family. Like she's here every afternoon pretty much. And then she then sees me on like a Saturday night and I'm like. And then she she must think, oh God. (laughs) Who am I working for? When Georgia gets pissed as well, because lots of you won't have seen Georgia drunk. And I've only actually (laughs) seen her drunk a couple of times. But when you got drunk at Farmhouse, because actually we had been drinking all day and I suddenly looked over at Georgia Drigger and you'd sort of of got this like (laughs) slouchy face look. (laughs) What, you mean I looked like I'd lost the muscles in my face? (laughs) (laughs) I do get slurry And I knew you were drunk. Yeah. Did I say I wasn't? Yeah, I knew you were yeah. drunk because you no, you said you said you wanted to call it a night very quickly. You were like, right, that's it. I really wanted to get back to real. I just really <laughs> want to go to bed. And I said to Katie, I was like, she is smashed. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> when this goes out, we would have just had the bank holiday, but we're currently recording a few days before, so we've got the long weekend ahead of us. Are you going to be getting drunk this weekend? Do you know what? I'm actually not. That's really well. It's not boring. Oh. I've had I've had a month maybe even five weeks where we've had plans every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, sometimes even Friday as well. And this weekend, we're just not making any plans. My dad's coming to stay tonight and maybe tomorrow night. Um, So no, I'm actually not. And I'm really looking forward to not. Um, So yeah, and you are actually going to Ibiza, right? So are you on a health kick this weekend? Um. I'm thinking it more like rev up the engine, get training. it ready for the <laughs> training. No, I'm going to have, no, we're going to have quite a nice, we've got Kit's party. He's got, I've got 12 of his little mates going to jump in in Isha. So we're doing that. Although he keeps wanging on about a Sonic cake and I've cl- in classic me style have completely forgotten to get a cake. Where the oh hell my God, am order, I going to get a Sonic cake? a Sonic cake topper from Amazon and then just go and buy a plain cake and stick it on the top. Or go and order a load of Sonic figures on Amazon. Oh They'll come tomorrow God. and then just stick them on top of a cake. I've This is basically what I've done my whole life. I, I've got Sonic figures. I've ordered them for the party bags. Just, oh, my just God. Just stick them on the cake. Just stick them on the cake. It's fine. Georgia, I love that. you. I yeah. love you. She solves Always problems. Always here with the bright ideas. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into the chat today. It's a really interesting conversation that we had Um. Um, today from somebody that I grew up watching in EastEnders. So I feel like I knew her when we sat down with her. I was like, desperate to say her character name and desperate to ask her what her experience like was on the square. But we didn't talk about it at all. No, we didn't. And actually, when you see, when someone like that comes on the podcast, you expect them to be like their character that they yeah. were in, in the show. And then when they're not, you're like, oh, this is odd. Who am I, who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? I, I thought you were someone else. Um, no, in all seriousness, it was a really interesting chat. And I guess it, it's quite unnerving chat for me. Like sometimes when we have people on the podcast who've got like 18 year olds and they've sort of been, and they talk about the teenage years as like the, the hardest part and they've just come through it and all that kind of stuff. 
it makes me feel quite nervous because that's how I feel now. I feel like I've just come through the hardest part where my kids are both, you know, my kids are both going to be in school in September. And so then to think yeah. in my head that what well, there's going to be another hardest part. Are you joking? <laughs> Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Well, I think every part's the hardest part. So that's why we've just got to stick together, keep doing these podcasts and just uh, remind each other that we're not alone. Um, and in it, what I found really interesting about this conversation was that actually, even though we did speak about having kind of older teenage girls in it, um, we also spoke about... Um, you know, her journey into motherhood and her kind of coming out yeah. of EastEnders and then being faced with, you know, the realities of her life just flipping on her on, on its head. And there was quite a lot of sadness, mm. I felt. Or maybe a bit, maybe not sadness, but maybe like reflection, I think maybe is the right word. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it, it did feel like that was quite a heavy time for her. She's obviously like had an extreme lifestyle lifestyle shift, um, which I think so many yeah. of us can relate to. Um and I just, yeah, I think it was a really great chat and I'm looking forward to everyone hearing it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Me too. George, who are we chatting to today? In case you haven't guessed, we are chatting to Charlie Brooks. Please welcome to the podcast, the wonderful Charlie Brooks. Yay! Now, normally when we're interviewing guests for these podcasts, we're like, oh, how are you this morning? How was the school run? How was your sleep last night? But your daughter is a lot older than our kids, so... How is life with a adult? <laughs> um, well, she went off this morning. She had fruit salad and eggs in bed, which isn't a usual occurrence. She's got her first A-level exam today. <gasps> so um, we are often uh, through the teenaging years on the front line of what can be quite explosive uh, behavior, as I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but she's, you know, we we had a challenging couple of years and we've kind of come through that and um have to be really careful what I say with her because as they get older they're very aware of what's being said and yeah. they don't like being talked about and, cool. and yeah. so I'm a little I'm really mindful of that but um you know she's we went we, we had Nando's last night and we're having some of the most brilliant conversations so it's really you know I'm really when people say you sort of come out the other side of the teenage years when it feels like it's relentless and endless and like you're losing your mind slightly mm. and you're going mad, um, believe them because it's true. You do come out the other side. And I feel apart from the odd kind of because you are the one that's there and they know that you're not going to leave them. Um, uh, yeah, you you can really you really start to build a, a very different relationship. But there's a mourning process that happens like you. I, I find myself mourning my little baby girl who I mm. loved and nurtured and cherished for all of those years and it's there's almost like a, a farewell to that person and a hello to this brand new person which is uh, really uh, complex and brilliant interesting and difficult transition actually I really feel quite emotional when you when you talk the way that you just have because I mm. feel like uh, uh, you know we're, we're so we are so in the mix Georgia and I at the moment and actually a lot of our listeners will be right in the thick of it so you can't ever imagine that day coming because it, it's it's we're eat sleep and breathing it at the moment and they don't that you know they're, they're just little humans that rely on us so much so mm. when you talk about a grieving process at what age do you think that your relationship changed from carer to maybe something else uh 
well, it's actually a brutal rejection that I think we go through. Mm. <laughs> um, that uh, after all of those years of nurturing care, um, they no longer want any of that. Don't want to walk with you walking down the street. I mean, this is my experience. I happen to have a fiercely independent. Um, sort of go-getting girl who wants to do everything by herself. And mm. this will not be the same for everyone. A friend of mine has got the polar opposite in her child who didn't want, doesn't want to leave home, wants to stay close. Um, but Kiki is ready to take on the world and um, is going to New York University in September, which is I'm, wow. I'm wow. really proud of and terrified of at the same time. But I'd say around 13, probably. Yeah. Mm. Do you see yourself in her because obviously you left home didn't you really young was it were you 13 yeah, yeah. I was 13 yeah wow. there's so there's so many similarities it's actually quite frightening she's she's about to go off and live um I mean I had my own world and my, I was reaching my own goals and dreams were coming true when I got into EastEnders and you know that was amazing but my dream was always to go to New York to study acting at Juilliard's or um NYU or one of the yeah. big ones over there. And is that and, what she's uh, doing? That's what she's doing, yeah. She's going <gasps> to do experimental theatre, yeah, NYU. Luckily, I've got a best friend who lives down the street, so we were literally on FaceTime last night, and um, that she's a, like a really short walk away in the East Village, so that I've got someone on the ground running, yeah. and I'll just have to have lots of trips to New York. I was about to say that. Just think of the girls' <laughs> weekends that you can be like, oh, yeah, she'll be like, oh, yeah. not mum's coming over again, but it'll be lovely yeah. for you, I guess. Now, I wanna, yeah. uh, we want to kind of take you back to, you know, you've just mentioned the fact that you left home very early, so talk mm. to us about that whole experience of, you know, following your dreams and and if you can, if you can kind of cast your mind. Of I was going to say all those years, but it's not... It's not that long ago, uh, it, Charlie. It's a few. It's quite a few. <laughs> I'm 41 now. So. Um, so I did, it was drama. It was all about drama and acting and um, and how I could do that. So that, when I think back of that passion and that determination, I am so, I do sort of go, wow, you know, seeing yeah. Kiki now, but it's weird. You just kind of go, how did that? how did I make that happen? Um, but I was cast in a little play in a local theatre called Our Day Out by Willie Russell and I got one of the lead roles and um, and my drama teacher was absolutely fantastic and she was like, you need to go to the news agents now and get a copy of the stage and write after them drama schools. And so that's what I did. And it took me about two years, to two or three years to persuade my parents because I, I suppose what I, we now recognise as anxiety um, I probably had a bit of that and just didn't know it at the time was like mm. seeing a little ghost and um, my brother slept in my bed with me for a year. It was just like, um, I, I suppose now, yeah, th th that's what they'd call it. And, and, um, and the doctor said to my mum, if, you know, if she wants to, she, when they realized it wasn't a phase and maybe that the small town, which is the most beautiful town, by the way, I love going back there and it was an amazing place to grow up. But at that age, I just kind of was craving more and and, mm. and it was all about acting and there was just something in me that knew that that was the path I needed to take. And I was, I don't know what the word is, but brave enough, I suppose, to follow that and to push for it. And, mm. and so 
off we went to London in the car to look at drama schools. Wow. I just think about like your parents now, you know, like as a parent, I I went to, I went to stage school and I, you know, a load of the kids that I was friends with, they, they weren't from London. They were from all over and they did it. And I thought it was really normal. But now as a parent, I think, oh my God, if my kids came to me at 11, 12, 13 and said, I want to move across the country. I don't know what I would do. Do you put yourself in their shoes now and think, wow? Yeah. 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 I do. It's like, it's so young. And, you know, one of my best friends would come up from Newtown and she was on the train on her own doing that journey at like 11 years old. Yeah. You know, but that's part of the reason why I set up the drama school, I Am Pro, which I know we'll talk about. But it's, you know, it's so that we're able to offer all the coaching that young people and older people have all online. So it's totally accessible and it doesn't matter which part of the country you're in. So for a girl like me that doesn't want to leave home or not like me, cause I was ready to go, but uh, you know, there are some yes. people that they yeah, don't, yeah. but still have that same passion and because of finances or geographically, they just can't get there. You know, that was how I am pro was born really. And, um, and uh, yeah, we want to reach those, those young people that, um, and older people, actually, mums working around. We've got a lot of older people on there. You know, people like who forgot their dreams that they yeah. maybe started a family and had to go to work, um, and, and they'd been to drama school or whatever, and they've just put it all to bed and sort of buried them. And and now it's we've got so many people on there just revisiting that and able to work around their careers and studying or whatever. So yeah, it's such it's a be- that's such a beautiful born. gift that you can give to somebody because there's there's so much I think. Um, like weight put on it by the industry or by people's comments where if you're not a working actor, you're no longer an actor. And I, yeah. and I've, I've found this across the years that like I'm a TV presenter. That's just what I've always done since I was 19 years old. But there's been a period recently where I've had my children, I've been in radio and people are like, oh, well, I've not seen you on telly. You're not a pre- you know, presenter, TV yeah. presenter. What do you present? And I'm like, but I'm a TV presenter. That's that's what I do. You know, there's been a bit, and I think it, I think it can really chip away at you if you're not a very strong character. I think it can yeah. really that label of being something and then having that taken away from you is quite difficult to get your head around. Is yeah, it, totally. would you would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I think it's really hard, and I think it's really hard because you forget yourself as well. You forget. I think through parenting, you lose a little bit of who you are because you're giving everything to your little people. Um, and, and the guilt that comes with that and the guilt that still having dreams and ambitions and, you know, going out to work and making that stuff happen can be, um, really tough for some people. Um, we have like these mentoring sessions, they're more like sharing sessions on the platform where there's usually about 50 of us on there. There's, they're getting quite big, but, um, I think it's really important to, uh, talk about all of those fears and insecurities mm. and challenges and say it out loud because it then takes the power out of it and you're and able to know that you're not the only person that feels like that and that mm. there is still opportunity and there is still things out there for us when we're ready you know mm-hmm. talk, talk to us about your parenting journey Charlie talk to us about that moment that you found out you were pregnant and and kind of because I, I don't think it's something that anyone well I've not, I've not read it anywhere so I found out <laughs> so it's so fucking weird I found out on uh like a gold-plated toilet in the Burj Al Arab in Dubai that <laughs> wow the fanciest place I've ever heard anyone find out they're pregnant I love it I've never been anywhere fancier since <laughs> um but I'd just um Tony and I had got together I was madly in love I sort of knew the moment I met him that he'd be the father of my children um in the way that you do and you know 
and and I mean that's another story but you feel like when you know you know and you're going to be with somebody forever and and then that changes and that can that's a whole different conversation around my confusions about love <laughs> yeah which we'd like to have with you Charlie yeah we're always going <laughs> yeah. through those but he so yeah we've been together for a few years and I'd had one pregnancy scare I don't like the word pregnancy scare actually that feels weird saying it but mm. I thought I was pregnant and it turned out I wasn't and I can remember feeling really disappointed um but I was just so young I was 23 23 years old is really young for, to me yeah. now I know ki- people have kids a lot earlier but I still don't know that you're totally ready at that age but um and then and then I had you know, another, um, and then I found out I was pregnant basically, but I didn't know. So I'd, I ran the marathon. I was six weeks pregnant when no. I ran the marathon. And I had no idea. And I remember stopping halfway through and thinking, I saying to my best friend, Kate, I was like, I feel like my insides are literally going to drop out of my body. And I'd run the marathon before, oh no, that was that the first time? I think I'd run it before. So um, I was, I was, it was a, it was a really weird. My boobs were hurting. Anyway, we had a trip to Dubai the next day, as like a celebration and congratulations on getting through that mammoth thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was my birthday, so it was my birthday. We were in Dubai, and uh, my twenty third birthday. And Tony was like, "Oh, babe, I've booked us this restaurant tonight for your birthday." And I, could, I hadn't been able to eat properly. I was trying to drink and. And couldn't, and I was like, this is unusual. I usually love a drink. (laughs) Um, But my body was just sort of rejecting it. And I said, I just like want a burger and chips. He was like, no, 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 babe, come on, we've got to go, we've got to go. You know, I've booked it, it's meant to be amazing. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay. So got dressed up, went, and there was a pharmacy at the bottom of the hotel where the restaurant was that we were having dinner at. And uh, I said, I'm just going to get a pregnancy test because my boobs hurt, I don't feel right. I can't drink a glass of wine. <laughs> What's going on? So I did it and went into the toilet, did the test, did two. They were both positive. I came out, sat back down at the table and I said, oh my God, Tone, I said, it's positive. I'm pregnant. And he went, "What's well, a double whammy then, babe. And with that, he called the waiter over. The waiter came over with like one of those, you know, um, silver kind of things that you pull off. Yeah. Yeah. The tray thing. And there was an engagement ring (gasps) and he got down on one knee and proposed at the same time. So I was like, holy shit. Oh my God, what a night. Oh my God. (laughs) That is mental, isn't it? I know. We'll be right back after this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Obviously, you said you were 23 and it is, mm. you know, quite, I guess, quite young. Did you feel in that moment like, okay, cool, I'm, I am ready? Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah. I knew that there was absolutely no way I would, you know, consider any of the alternatives. I was super happy with Tony. We were very together. Um, and, yeah, I was really excited I don't know, there's something in like, I had quite a lot of success as an actress by that point, yeah, working yeah. in EastEnders. And so you like the next thing I, you know, so I felt like I had that under my belt and, um, and I just left the show actually, I think it was sort of a couple of months before. So the timings all felt all right. And I was like, well, it's not going to change anything. It won't change anything. Cause I'll just be able to go back to doing exactly what I was doing and I'll be an actress. And of course that wasn't, probably wasn't the case. And, and if I'm being really honest, um, to begin with, I felt a little bit like I was climbing the walls. I found it really, really hard. I found was this it, was this once Kiki was born? Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't sort of. Um, I, 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 there wasn't as much talk twenty years ago about um, the. I don't think it was depression or postnatal depression. Maybe maybe a little bit of that, but the anxiety. I had so much fear. I just kind of look at her and go, "Oh God, I don't know what to do." I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. You know, it was just, I was just scared. I can remember feeling really, really scared. And, um, uh, but you, you just put on a mask don't you sort of think, you know, people think you're handling it brilliantly. And, and, and I had support, Tony and I were together for a bit and his mum was around the corner and my mum's brilliant. And there are people that would do it all by themselves, you know? So I, I did have support there. Um, to help me with it but yeah I think it, it I can remember it feeling like a lot and feeling like going back to what you said like I might never work again is you know um and then feeling guilty for thinking that feeling guilty that I was thinking about work and going back to work why don't I just want to stay at home all day every day but um yeah. how long did your fear last for Charlie uh god I haven't really thought about this for ages I think it probably when it, it was definitely more prevalent in the first year and then it sort of maybe got a little bit better after that. And I struggled with breastfeeding. So I had a lot of guilt around that. And as soon as I was able to let that go and beat myself up about that, then that was a relief because I could sleep a little bit more. And um, yeah, but I think in the first, after the first year, it probably alleviated a little bit. Yeah. Did you feel like in that first year, did you have like any resentment or anything towards Tony that your whole life had changed? You'd left EastEnders, then you you know you become pregnant, you become a mum, and then you're at home. Did you did you feel yeah. any of that? Yeah, definitely. I can remember feeling that it was a lot. You know, I'd moved out from Chiswick, moved out to the suburbs. I was 23. I'd left the job and had all these big you know hopes and dreams of what I was going to be doing, yeah. and it kind of. Um, it put everything on pause, but I, I really believe everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but he would be out and he was at the at the time just kind of doing these big parties and starting an events company. And um, I can remember sort of begging him to please just come home, just come home. I need you to come home. And feeling a bit lonely, actually. Thank you for being really honest about that. Because yeah. we, we, we talk about it a lot on this platform and on this podcast mm. about, you know, there is always the, the, one of you, and really it's the mother because, you know, we've birthed the baby who's at home, you know, maybe doing the breastfeeding or, or, or the feeding. Yeah, recovery. And then you're looking at your partner's life and you're thinking, but mm. your life hasn't stopped 
seemingly like you just carry mm. on you know my husband went back to work the day after Luna was born and I was there just thinking fuck I've got no idea what I'm doing and you know yeah. you're able to go off and have coffees with the rugby boys and go out and do the x y and z and I'm just here all the time it's very mm. hard to not feel how you felt yeah. I think who are you yeah. articulating that to and was it affecting your relationship? Um, I think it, <clears throat> having a baby affects all sorts of aspects within a relationship. It changes Definitely. a lot. <laughs> At the time, I think I was probably quite reactive and, you know, I wasn't, I thought I was very grown up, but I probably wasn't that grown up in hindsight. And I didn't really know, I suppose I didn't really feel heard. He was around, but yeah, I was reactive and I was resentful and because of other aspects of the relationship that I just didn't see working, you know, we we didn't we didn't really make it. We broke up after eighteen months. Did you? Um, which is the for us the best thing that could have happened. I kind of knew that that wasn't where I wanted to be, and in order to then maintain what we now have before anything you know happened that was unresolvable or unforgivable mm. in any mm. way, I think we nipped it in the bud and have remained really firm friends and and you know his life is Tony's in Ibiza a lot now because a lot of his businesses are out there and he's done some amazing things which is brilliant but I was alone a lot through her upbringing and I remember doing mm. try and control crying and just crying outside of her door and uh, and I think that had an impact on my desire to have children later I always wonder what I'd be like as a mother now and if you know how different it would be I suppose yeah. because I'm I now don't really want to leave my house. <laughs> Do you not? <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> so I'm sure it would be a very, very different experience. But I've, I found, I did find it hard. And um, for that reason, you know, it's me and Keeks. And that's, I, have, I haven't sort of pursued having any other children. I'm quite interested, Charlie, about what happened and how the industry treated you or how you treated the industry after you became a mum. God, it's really hard to know what sort of impact it had, if I'm honest, because, I mean, I made some choices that were absolutely driven by money early on because I needed to earn some money. Neither of us yeah. were working, so I did a Keep Fit video. And at the time, I was like, great, they'll pay me to get thin. It was all about being thin, and my attitudes towards that have changed massively. And it was hard because I think I just had a lot of guilt for working away from home and being an actress. Jobs are not often, you can't just get in your car and drive 10 minutes down the road. Because I'd been in EastEnders, really, and only in EastEnders, and I just came out and I got pregnant straight away, mm. Mm. I, I just don't know. I really, yeah. I really don't know. I did a job. I did a short film while I was four months pregnant. It wasn't a short film, actually. It was a Bollywood film, four lengths. It was absolute madness, brilliant madness. And then I did, what else did I do? A Bleak House, I think, just after I'd had a baby. Right. So there was some work there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, there was a bit of work there. Just sort of going back to, you know, you mentioned you wonder what you'd be like as a parent now if, if, if you, mm. you know, if you'd had not had more children later on what are the things that you wish you'd known you know like you're saying your daughter's gonna go off to university university in September looking back now are there things that you really wish you could go back and tell you I mean the things that are most prevalent in my mind and the best advice I've ever been given um was don't get in the ring 
just don't get in the ring, you know. Um, and what I mean by that is it's really easy to take things personally when we're going, but I've given you everything. I've done nothing but love you. And this is when they're a little bit older and 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 getting caught up in that drama mm. of the situation. But actually, just let it be water off your back. Don't nothing is personal. This is just a little bit a human being discovering her own way, figuring it all out for herself. It actually doesn't have m- anything to do with me, you know. But I, because you are on the front line and they can be explosive, you're the person, and you're not leaving that you're the person that you take it out with. So, and, and I could be reactive, you know, when Kika was younger as a teenager, and I speak to her about this actually, because, you know, I just wasn't as, I didn't have, I suppose, as much wisdom as I have now. Mm. Um, so just not getting in the ring, I think. I mean, even, even when she was younger, I can remember sort of, having arguments when she was 10, you know, and... I and try and have arguments with my three-year-old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and I sometimes think, what what, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. What? yeah. I'm not going to get anywhere here. So I, I totally get you. I think it's hard. You have to pick your battles, and I guess it's the mm. same with having a teenager, right? Yeah. Do you guys talk about everything? Are you best friends? Is it? Is there are there boundaries there? Talk to us about that. It's really it changes. It really changes. And at the moment, I mean, she's like I said, she's 18 now. So I know that she can come to me about absolutely anything. We mm. have quite an open relationship. Um, I'm I'm not a strict mum. I'm not somebody that's going, you have to get A stars in your A-levels. Do You know, I encourage and nudge in the right way as, as gently and as um, helpfully as I can. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think it has to come down to them and behaviours sometimes have consequences. And them, you know, it's under... Knowing that sometimes they're going to do it their way no matter what and and they will learn the lessons and it can be really hard when you've been there and you've done it all before and you kind of go, but I know, just listen. Yeah. You know, they're fighting against the flow. They're fighting against, you know, they're not in like this slipstream of life, like everything feels like an obstacle and they want to do the opposite too. And you can see it all unfolding, but I think the only way to grow and learn as a human is to have those experiences yourself and not be wrapped in cotton wool so much. And, mm. and, and, you know, we've learned the hard way on a couple of occasions with things and, and it, it's okay. You know, it's okay. We've come out stronger for it and lessons were learned and mm. um, just make sure they're heard as well. Yeah. You know, that they feel heard, even if you're going, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> you know, as long as they feel heard and like something is coming from somewhere, I think. Um, that's important. I, I was I was thinking about conversations in the house the other day because I've got I don't know if you know Charlie, but I've got a ten year old girl, my stepdaughter Isla, who's with us week on week off, and then I've got Luna, who's my middle daughter. She's six, yeah. and the girls have rooms next to each other with the doors open. And we, me and Isla were chatting, and she was going, "Oh, in PSHE today, I learnt. Um, you know, we're talking about puberty, and we're talking about sex, and we're talking about this." And mm. Luna was like, "I know about sex," and I was like, "Oh my god, fuck, what?" You're six, okay. So, and she was like, "I want to come in for this chat," and I was like, "Um, okay." I just didn't know what to say, and suddenly I thought, "Gosh, these conversations might be happening a little bit earlier." But at least both the girls can come to me and say, "You know, I really want to discuss this," and I'm not going, "Oh no, no, we mustn't talk about that because it doesn't." You know, you're not eight or you're not ten or whatever. I just thought I'll keep it. I'll keep it light, but I, yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful thing, actually. it's important. Yeah, it's important. It is, and it's but it's those conversations seem to come at like the most awkward moments, don't they? Like li- literally, like last night, 
Gigi has been a complete nightmare going to bed recently. And I was sort of laying with her and she just went, why do you have blood coming out of your mini? Like, oh I was like, oh my God, I wanted you to be asleep. Why is she calling it a minutes. mini as well? Mini, I don't mini. know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they did that, yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was like an Essex thing. She does that. I think they talk say at school. And I was like, what? What is that? But anyway, yeah. And you know, you're suddenly like, oh God, now I'm adding on half an hour to this evening. <laughs> and then having yeah. to explain to a three-year-old why daddy doesn't have a baby in his tummy. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Not, not yeah. that she's asking you at bedtime and it's just the two of you though and not in the queue to get into nursery drop-off or something. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? It, it, like, yeah, actually, that was, that was quite good of her really to, uh, <laughs> you know, to ask in private. But yeah, <laughs> I never feel prepared for any conversations. Oh, I think they're all, they're, obviously, they will come at the, um, at, you know, times sometimes where you just want to get to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah. But they're important conversations to have. You know, I think with Keeks, I always, we called it vagina. Because <laughs> it's like, it's a vagina. It's a vagina. Uh, but my mum called it mini. Yeah. And I think the conversations around sex, you know, it's not that we should be encouraging sex or speaking about pleasure at that age, but an informative knowledge that yeah. um, uh, the trouble is with girls and young girls, all we're told about in these conversations is don't get pregnant, don't get an STD be safe, don't get raped, don't, you, you know, you just kind of yeah. think, Jesus Christ. Um, and the pleasure gap is massive. Oh so my God, I think the pleasure open, gap. The pleasure gap. So as open as we can be about these conversations about pleasure and women's right to have it and without obviously encouraging a six-year-old to do that, but, you know, um, it's all it's all very normal and very natural and, and people are very uncomfortable around that and, sex education probably needs to be changed a little bit within schools because it's okay to talk about pleasure at the appropriate mm. time and at the appropriate age. Of course age. it is. And there's no shame in it, you know. Our generation, because yeah. I'm 40, our generation, that, that I remember having my first orgasm at 21, bearing in mind that I'd been having sex well, way too early. But I remember getting it and, and I remember being with the person going, oh my God, what just happened? And he went, I think you just had your first orgasm. No one had even <laughs> mentioned that I could have an orgasm before that. Yeah. that up to that point, there were no conversations Isn't between me and my mum. There was no extraordinary. You definitely mm. didn't learn about it in any kind, like in any formal setting. There wasn't even a, a mention at all. No, no yeah. one would. No, you're so right. You are. So and it right. doesn't have yeah. to be salacious or seedy or anything like that. No, you know, it's it's a very normal, perfectly lovely yeah. <laughs> um, thing to have and to talk about and. They should be on a mission to find it. <laughs> I mean, I was just about to say, wouldn't it be lovely if all of them could have found it? But anyway, there we go. <laughs> um, now, listen, we're on quite a tight time, um, Shed. Yeah. So we want to talk to you. Um, I think you've given the best piece of advice, which is I do don't get as in well. the ring. Yes. That. Yeah. So we ask our guests the best piece of advice that they would give to a new parent. But I think you've just said it and it was brilliant. Um, so do you have any favorite products that you've got tucked up your sleeve that you use day to day? Okay, so I know you girls like a foundation. So my favorite <laughs> <Okay>. foundation... <laughs> Is Chanel Vilutimer? I can never say it properly. Vilutimer, I think it's called. Yes, something like that. nice. The one that's got the V. It's very dewy. It's um, makes your skin look gorgeous. I've got some favorite. My favorite app is Audible. Can't live yes. without it. I love the, Audible. It's like the best thing about my phone. Um, I am pro, which is <laughs> somewhere. So as because I was in EastEnders at seventeen. I never got to go to one of the big drama schools, which, as we spoke about, was always yeah. one of my big hopes and dreams. And as well as being from a small town and, you know, passionately wanting to reach 
kids that or young people or grown adults that are in similar situations I really I was like how can I learn there's so much more to know and I don't know anything and I had a chip on my shoulders very insecure about the fact that I hadn't been to RAD or Lambda or New York to study um so I was like how can I how can I learn all of that stuff whilst I'm still working do I have to stop working for three years to go back to drama school to do all of that and so I am pro was born which um is brilliant because we have masterclasses. We've had Sharon Horgan, Saran Jones, Nicholas Pinnock, O.T. Fag Benley, who I was totally, you know, from The Handmaid's Tale, he plays the yeah. husband. I was like such a fag girl. <laughs> um, and then when you've got On Demand, you've got live classes, mentoring with me, which I right. also spoke about. Um, so having that for me and being able to learn about different practitioners, being part of a community, connecting with yep. people, networking is absolutely amazing. Um, what else did I have? Um, oh, oh, my absolute favorite thing. Okay, I've got it. It's five pound on Amazon. I know you shouldn't buy off Amazon, but I do. Five pounds, the magic face cloth. It's pink. You don't need any makeup remover, water, and it takes off all of your mascara in like two wipes. It's Hang on, I'm going to order it now. The, the, the magic face cloth. The, the magic, magic okay, I'm going to get I think this. that's what it's called, but it's pink. It's the pink one because there'll be a few on there. Oh, like Charlie. I'm definitely getting this. I yeah. love that. That might be Brilliant. the best tip of all time. Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> oh, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been so thank interesting to talk so to somebody who's got an older daughter and like the journey that you guys have been on together. It's been really um, insightful. So thank you so much for sharing it all and thank enjoy you. your day. <laughs> thank you. You too. Really good to chat. Oh, I really loved that. And actually, she she really raised an important point there, um, just about the way that sex is talked about in school. And I don't know, is there a shift? It'd be really interesting if, you know, there's any teachers listening who, you know, who can let us know if there's been a change in the dis- sort of discussions you have now in sex education. Because she's so right. All we learn about, we almost, it, it was almost made to feel like a shameful thing, like from the off. Yeah, of course. Or shameful and, and not and not there for what it can be there for and what actually it should be there for, which is pleasure. Like I don't there wasn't any mm. conversations around pleasure. It was just literally like here's a banana, put a condom on it, and some really sort of uncomfortable police officer was telling us all about it. How strange is that? That that's your contraception. There wasn't any language around I mean, as I, I said in the podcast, I didn't have my first orgasm until I was twenty one. It's like I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know what it where it was. I do now. No, I know, I know, I know, I know exactly. Oh, that, well, that's handy. I'm, I'm glad. Um, but no, it is. It is so. It's so true, and it's actually baffling. And and it, it just, you know, when you really think about it, you think, well, no wonder, you know, our generation didn't maybe want to speak to their parents so much because it was all just so much red tape around it rather than just being yeah. open. Like, it's going to happen. Everyone's going to do it. Like, it, it, it's happening, it, you know, it's happening for younger and younger now. And mm-hmm. it, I think if you just kind of a bit more casual talking about it every probably however many percent of people in the world are like are, are sexually active so yeah i don't know why it's such a taboo no, it was anyway. brilliant i love i loved having the conversation with her massive thank you to charlie as always we'd love you to drop us a little message if you enjoyed the chat any kind of comments around it um, and please rate review subscribe and give the podcast a follow because then you don't miss any of these amazing episodes yeah and also we're loving your guest suggestions and we are going through every single one but if you have got any more then please please do drop us a DM. We're on at Made by Mamas on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday. 
Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 